morning, the book of Ephesians is only two parts. The first three chapters is who we are in Christ. The last three chapters are what we do in Christ and the hinge that moves us from who we are to what we do is Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or imagine, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This scripture is a remarkable passage. It's a doxology, it's a word of God's glory, it's a declaration to the Lord, to him, to him who is able. And what is he able? He's able to do what we ask. Now right there, there's engagement. In other words, it is all to his glory. He is able, but it links his able to our prayers. He is able to do what we ask, but it doesn't end there. He's able not just to do what we ask. If that's all it said, he's able to do what we ask, you could take that to the bank. You could bring that before God and says, it says right here, you're able to do what we ask. Here's what we're gonna ask you. Powerful. But let me just tell you, while that is the foundation of this doxology, it's only the beginning. It's the foundation. He's able to do what we ask. But this is a six-stage rocket. It's not just one stage. He's able to do what we ask. It, he's able to do all that we ask. He's able to do more than all we ask. He's able to do far more than all we ask. He's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask. He's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. Now, come on, that deserves a round of applause. Just think of it. He's able to do what you ask. He's able to do all you ask. He's able to do more than all you ask. Far more, far more abundantly than all you ask. Yes. Or even think. Now, just think about this for a moment. If he's gonna do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, He's not always going to answer exactly the way we ask. Because if he would answer exactly the way we ask, he would do what we ask, but that's not what it says. Because God has a better idea than you do. Sometimes he takes longer to answer his prayers, sometimes he's quick. Sometimes he works through people we would expect, sometimes he works through people we would never expect. He is able to do it differently but better than we even ask. Now, before we dig into this text further, it's set up in verse 14. This is where Paul says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. For what reason? 
Well, <laughs> remember where we are in the book of Ephesians. So chapter 1 is who we are in Christ. It's all these blessings. We're blessed in heavenly places with every spiritual blessing you can imagine. Everything that is in Christ is ours because we are in Christ. So all those blessings. Then from the, the good news of who we are in Christ, he kind of takes us back to where we were before we were in Christ, without Christ. And chapter two says that we were dead. We weren't just dead, we were separated. We weren't just separated, we were aliens. We, we had no rights to what there is in God. So that's who we, who we were. And, and then it comes back to who we are, that now we who were strangers are friends, and the, the, the wall of hostility that existed between us and God has now been torn down by Jesus Christ. So we have this incredible union with Christ. For this reason, I bow my knees. In light of who I was without Christ and in light of who I am in Christ, I bow my knees. I, I, I have to get on my knees over this one. I'm bowing under a weight of gratitude to Jesus. Now, what we're introduced to while we're on our knees is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Verse 14, I bow on my knees before the Father. Verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit, capital S, his Holy Spirit, he's granting you power in his spirit put into your spirit, into your inner being. So his Holy Spirit strengthens you in your inner being. But that's the Father and the Spirit. What about the Son? Verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you may, being rooted and grounded in love, now, just leave that dot, dot, dot. This is so amazing. You can come to verses 20 and 21 about how able God is, but if you don't recognize the source of the one true God and who the one true God is as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you're never gonna tap the ability of God. Amen. Jesus said that no one comes to the Father but by me. Amen. There's only one way to come to the Father, and it's through the Son. And the only way to know the Son is when the Holy Spirit reveals to you the Son. Yes. So it's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a package deal. Yes. Here again, the, the triune God is the one who reveals himself as the God who is able. But there's one more essential piece. Not only do you need to understand that the one true God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you need to understand, if you're gonna tap the ability of God, the power of God, you need to understand that he loves you. And so before we get to verse 20, Paul is still praying, he's still on his knees, and he's praying, that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. Now, now, now this one, this one you gotta just, 
You need to feel it as well as think it. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth. That no matter how far you've wandered from God, you're not going to exceed the breadth of his love for you. And the length. No matter how long you live, you're not going to live longer than his love will last. And the height. No matter how prideful you've been, how high and lofty you think you are, God's love is higher than your own self issues. And finally, the depth. I believe, I'm one of those that believe every word of scripture is perfect. And, and I love the sequence. The breadth so we, we don't have to worry about where we've been. The, the length we don't need to, it doesn't matter how long you've been in the valley. It, it, there's love still. The height, no matter how arrogant, self-sufficient, rebellious, his love is still higher. But the last one, the depth. Why did he save that to last? Because for most people, when they're really down, that's when the love of God seems unlikely. Really, the word is unbelievable. The word is incomprehensible. I am so low. How in the world can, are you, do you expect me to believe that God, that there's a God of love out there? Yes. Think about this. Before he gets to verse 20 and 21, talking about how able God is, he first bows before the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and his prayer is for the believers that they will have an encounter with the love of God that meets them no matter how far they've strayed, no matter how long they've been going through it, no matter how independent or self-righteous or self-sufficient they have been or how low they feel right now, the, the breadth of God's love is wider, the, the limits of God's love goes longer, the height of God's love goes higher, and the depths of God's love goes deeper. And when we get that, it's, that's like the whole enchilada. That's the ball game right there. You get that, you get everything, because then, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Yeah. How is it possible to be filled with all the fullness of God? Because you, you give yourself to the love of God. You don't resist it anymore. You don't doubt it anymore. You go with the flow of the love of God. And you're filled with, with God when you're filled with his love. It's, it's inseparably linked. But I like that little phrase in the middle there. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Um, toss me my phone over there. Good idea, hand it to me. 
You don't want the pastor to drop the phone in the middle of the message. That would be bad. Okay. Uh, how many of you know what this is? Okay, how many of you know how to use it? How many of you could take it apart and put it back together? Hallelujah. <laughs> so for everyone but one man, that illustration worked. Okay. <laughs> so we know it. We know what we know, we like, we appreciate, we benefit, but we, we, most of us would admit there's more to this than what we know. But it works. Same way with the, with the love of God. Can we comprehend it? Yes. And yet, at the same time, is there more about the love of God that's incomprehensible? Yes. Do we know Christ? How many of you can say, I know Christ? Okay, how many of you can say, I know everything there is to know about Christ? Okay, now at that one, nobody raised their hand. That was good. <laughs> so is Christ knowable? Yes. Is he also at the same time unknowable? There are aspects that we will never know. It, he, he will always exceed our knowledge and so will his love for us. Always exceed. There's always more. Hallelujah. Now in light of that, in light of the fact that there is one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and in light of the fact that there's no way to get around the vastness, immensity, all inclusion of the love of God, on the basis of that, I hereby declare now to him who is able yes. to do far more abundantly then all we ask or even imagine, what? What's the next? According to his power that works within us. It works around us. Works in us. And where exactly in us? Now I'm going to link to that phrase, according to the power that works within us, I'm going to link 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, where the Lord says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength, my power, is made perfect in your weakness. So the power of God shows off. Not in our strength. Sometimes our strength can almost get in the way of God's strength. I think a lot of us have discovered that. But when it comes to his strength, he, his strength shines when our strength does not. In other words, when we are not able, he is able. Now this word weakness, there's several words in the Greek language. Uh, the Bible is written in, in Greek, or the New Testament, and there's several words for weakness. Uh, there's physical weakness, there's emotional weakness, but there's different words. This word is the all-inclusive. It's the one that covers it all. So it refers to emotional weakness, physical weakness, health weakness, spiritual weakness, moral weakness, mental weakness, family weakness, marital weakness. You get the idea. Now, when it comes to this kind of a broad um, term for weakness, how many of you would say, in my life right now, there is some weakness? 
Just a second, if you don't mind, just hold your hand up a little bit longer. I just want to say before you put your hand down, you qualify for his strength. You see, the devil is a liar. He says, your weaknesses are a hindrance to what God could do through you. If you only didn't have those weaknesses, just think what God could do. Do you realize that is a, a, a total lie and the opposite is totally true and that is God is not impressed with your strengths. God wants your weakness and he wants to show his strength through your weakness. Would you open up your weaknesses and then you might see God do something. We think that our weaknesses are a hindrance to our calling. Our weakness is a hindrance to the work of God. Our, our weaknesses is a hindrance to, you know, I would, if I didn't have these weaknesses, I could become a life group leader. These weaknesses disqualify me. What a bunch of baloney. It's your weaknesses that everybody else in the church would love a leader who's willing to admit their weaknesses. If you just show us a couple weaknesses, we might get somewhere. We might feel like we belong in this kind of a group. Hallelujah. No, if you, if you need an excuse to not be a life group leader, you better find another one. Your weaknesses qualify you. They don't disqualify you. According to his power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. Now, if I was writing this, I wouldn't have put the church in there like that. You know, it's like, sure, glory in, in Christ Jesus and a little of his glory in the church. But he even mentions church first. Glory in the church. The same, all the same glory that's in the sun in the church. Now, where's that glory going to shine? It's going to shine when his strength is made perfect in your weakness. That's where his glory shines. So your weakness is not like tarnishing his glory or disqualifying you from his glory. It's the weakness that showcases his glory. Throughout all generations. Who wants to see the Holy Spirit turn the light on for your kids so that, that they meet and know that God is able? For your grandkids, that they would know that God is able. You know how that's going to happen when you go first and open up your weaknesses. I just want to break off every one of us the thought that our weaknesses disqualify us from the mission. It's our weakness that qualifies us for the weakness because he who is able is able to work in our weaknesses and show a world who has the same weaknesses just what God can do for them is what he's doing for us as well. And do you understand how unless you know God loves you, this can never happen. You're not going to trust him if you don't think God loves you. You're not going to open up to him your weaknesses if, if somehow you're not sure of God's love. That's why this prayer is so perfect. Yes. Now let me just say, I call this the hinge of Ephesians. Yes. But this is not just the, the hinge of Ephesians. This is the hinge of the Christian life. Amen. 
I'll go further. This is the, the hinge of the church. When the church doesn't just strut their strength, but when the church corporately admits we have weakness here, we have weakness here, we can, but let's bring them to God. Let's, let's declare that we're not able, but he is able, and let's declare that he is able over these things. Yes. Now, I'll go even further. This is not just the hinge of every Christian life or the church. This is the hinge of history. It was not the show of strength at the cross. It was the show of weakness. The vulnerability of Christ in the fullness of humanity. That he took every wound in you and linked it to a wound in him. That's Christ. I love the cross because it shows the breadth and the length, the height and the depth of the love of Christ. Hallelujah. That's why it's foolishness to the prideful and arrogant. But it means everything to those of us who had wounds healed by his wounds. The ability of God entering the weaknesses of our humanity. Through all generations. The best way to show your kids Christ is to show your kids you opening up weakness to Christ and Christ meeting you in your weakness. Then they will see the glory of God in the church. Now right now, I'm gonna call you to activation. I trust somehow by God's grace you've received this morning some kind of revelation. But I want to call you to activation, and it's really simple. Now, earlier I asked how many of you can identify at least one area of weakness in your life, and virtually every hand was up and held up that we qualify for God's power. Now, I want to just, I want to take it from there and say that area of weakness, I, I can almost guarantee you, that area of weakness has already lied to you and said, your God's not able. Your God's not able. Your God can't do anything about this. If he could, why would you be in it right now? You, he might love other people. He doesn't love you. Just look at this. What, what, think of the, what you're going through. Think of this family issue that, that you're, you're still struggling with. And here you're a fine Christian. You call yourself a Christian. Look at, you look at what's going on in your kids here, this issue and this problem. And, and the devil will lie to you. And, and the whole issue is he's not able. And it's coupled with you're not able. Well, duh, I know I'm not able. But it's time this morning. 
I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning to take this circumstance of weakness and <clears throat> grab it by the throat and say, don't you look at me that way. Don't you tell me my God is not able. My God is able. I'm not able, but my God is able. It's a matter of sovereignty. It's a matter of our circumstances bigger or is God bigger? I have seen this a thousand times in my own life and those that I love, that God, I fully believe, actually orchestrates circumstances to reveal our weaknesses so that we can, by faith, bring our weaknesses to God and say, <laughs> nah, 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 nah. God's love is wider. God's love is longer. God's love is higher. God's love is deeper. Nah, 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 nah. I'm not able, but God is able. Now, Now I'm going to ask us to do something. Don, if you would come. Worship team, if you would come. I said this is a time for activation. I'm going to tell you exactly what I want you to do. Don't take 20 things to the Lord this morning. Take one. Take one area of weakness. Take one area of weakness. And I'm, going to, I'm challenging you. Take one area of weakness that you're not able to solve and bring it to the Lord and declare over that circumstance, I am not able, but I know somebody who is. And declare this scripture over that circumstance. To declare over the circumstance you're facing. Now to him, na, 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 who is able to do far more abundantly than all I could ask or even think. According to his power who works right in the middle of my weakness. To him be glory in the weakness, in the trenches, in the gutter, in the defeats, the losses, the pain, things we can't figure out. I'm asking you to step out. I'm asking you to make a decision today. And, and God may give you a strategy to pray about it, but I'm not even asking you to pray about it. All I'm asking, this is really not a prayer. It's a declaration. Sometimes when prayers don't get you out, you're better going from prayer to declaration. Because a declaration takes you from your circumstance to your God. And you declare over your circumstance. You don't deny the reality of your circumstances, but you declare who God is over your circumstances. And what, what the scripture is teaching us is there are times where we really, frankly, we ought to stop praying and start declaring. Yes. 
We need to meet God in the trenches. We need to meet God when we're defeated, when we're not able. We need to just declare, God, he's able. No, I believe the Lord's stirring here. Yes, yes. We're going to sing, he is able. And I love the next phrase, more than able. To do what concerns us today. He's able. Would you take your circumstance, would you stand, and would you bring it down before the Lord this morning? Come on, let's stand. As we sing, you come, bring your circumstance. Bring your circumstance, bring your impossibility. Bring the, the thing that you're not able. Let's bring it before the Lord. And let's declare over our circumstance, He is able. He is able, more than able, to accomplish what concerns me today. He is able. 